Anyway, we're starting, uh, actually, we're right in the middle of this series called Say Ah. How many of y'all used these this past week? All right, I just had to. Um, uh, and the big idea last week was control your tongue, control your life, because all of us have problems with our mouths. Maybe not as much tr- trouble as Mr. Bean had with his mouth, but all of us, we have trouble with our mouths because we say stuff that just messed up. Uh, a lot of times we open our mouth and we insert our foot, and it's just not a pretty sight. Um, I'm amazed by this because as I was uh, doing some studying for this, a statistic that came across uh, my desk that I've known for a while, did you know that 90 to 95% of what somebody says will, you will forget within 72 hours? Think about that. 95% of what somebody says, you will not remember. The average person will not remember 90 to 95% of what somebody says after 72 hours, which is kind of depressing when you're in somebody's position like me because I talk for a living. And I know come Wednesday, you guys won't remember hardly anything that I said, but you will remember a Mr. Bean clip. <laughs> That's the reason why we do some of the things that we do here at One Church. In fact, this is the reason why just to say this, that we do this communication style called Big Idea. If you've been here any amount of time, you know that we talk a lot about big ideas because we want every, one, every sermon, one sermon should have one point, and that one point is the big idea because if you, if you cannot apply something you can't remember. And if we give you 25 different scriptures with 17 points, all starting with the letter C, you're going to be out of here going, what? So we want to say, okay, let's break it down to the bare minimum, and this is the big idea. Last week's big idea was control your tongue, control what? Control your life. That's exactly right. Uh, this week's big idea, we're getting ready to uncover that. Um, but that's the reason why for the whole 95% of what people forget, that's the reason we communicate the way we do here at One Church. We communicate with the idea we need to teach less for more because we know that a lot of people forget most of the stuff that we talk about. However, even though we have a tendency to forget 95% of everything that we hear, there are some words that we just can't forget. There's some words in your life that you just can't get over and that I can't get over because those words were either encouraging words or very painful words. I remember <clears throat> going from middle school to high school, and I was a practical joker. I grew up in church, and uh, I was the, the kid that nobody wanted to have in Sunday school because I would, like, burn the Sunday school you know, teacher's house down and stuff like that. And I love practical jokes. And I was just a hellion, and um, I just, I mean, some of those Sunday school teachers now I've, I've repaired those relationships with, and they, after years of counseling, they've coped. Um, but uh, I remember going from 8th grade to ninth grade and really wanting to get serious about my relationship with God because up to this point, I was just in it for just whatever. And uh, I just, I knew I wanted to change. But a lot of times when you want to change, the people around you don't want you to change. You know what I'm talking about? And I remember uh, they had this thing called Helmont Camp, and I wanted to be a camp counselor to help some of these other kids. Um, And I did this this thing this entire year, worked on being a Helmont camper, Helmont camp staffer, and to be this uh, uh, counselor. And um, the youth pastor at the time, Harvey was his name, um, he's uh, two weeks before I went to camp after doing all this work, trying to prove that I had changed, he says, I'm not taking you to camp because I don't believe in you. I don't believe that you got what it takes. I don't believe you've really changed. 
Those words still haunt me. Those are painful words. The night before camp started, and everybody had packed their bags, all the counselors would get ready to go. Harvey called me up on the phone, and with tears, I could just hear he'd been crying, and he was sobbing even then. He says, Chris, I want to let you know. He says, I'm wrong. He says, my pride is really what kept me from saying you can't go. And I, I think God is wanting me to say you can go, and I do believe in you. I still remember that conversation. And I'm 37 years old. I still remember that. I remember how it felt. I remember how it felt when another youth pastor, his name was Philip Herring, um, he got a new job. He was here in Clarksville and moved away to Virginia Beach. And he, he says, Chris, if I could, I, they said I could hire anybody in the world, and I want to hire you because I believe in you. I remember how that sounded. I, I still remember where I was at. And just, wow, somebody believes in me. People have spoken that way to you as well. People that say, I believe in you. And some of you, the reason why you're in jobs that you're in now is because somebody, when you were in middle school, high school, said, I believe, I think you've got what it takes. Some of you love coaching and you've went into a career of sports and know you're not an NBA player, but when you were 13 years old, somebody said, man, you're a natural at basketball. And that sets you down a path of loving sports and uh, helping uh, be a, a coach for smaller kids with basketball. I mean, it, it shaped your future. Our words have that much power. Our words have that much kick and punch. But there are other words, not so encouraging words, that you and I have said as well. I'll never forget um, a friend of mine by the name of Scott. Uh, he was part of the, the team that helped launch one church. And uh, him and I have grown up almost all of our lives. We went to high school together, went to college together. He was a couple of years behind me in high school. And I thought I was a really good friend to him. I thought, and then when we were hanging out and getting ready to start one church, um, I had mentioned something about our friendship, and he says, do you remember when you said, and he said some stuff that I don't really remember, but wasn't very pretty. And uh, I called him this week to ask permission to share this story, and he says, sure. He says, but I'm over it. You know, we're, we're good friends. But he still remembers it 20 years after it happened. You know what I'm talking about? All of us, this thing right here has a tendency to either build people up or tear them down. It has that much power. Words have tremendous power to encourage or to help other people. The right words spoken at the right time can just literally change somebody's future. Words are like that. We can use it either to build them up or tear them down. We can use them to belittle ourselves or to make ourselves big. We can use words, like especially words of gossip, to tear and destroy other people or we can use encouraging words to build them up. That's what we're going to be looking at today. Um, uh, it, it, our words is like it, it, we can never get them back. You say it, you just can't get it back. It's like email. Any of y'all ever sent an email you didn't want to send and you sent it anyway? Come on, raise your hand, tell the truth. Shame the devil. Now, all of us, go ahead. All right. but those people who didn't raise your hand, two things I know about you. You're either lying or you ain't got a computer. <laughs> uh, all of us. Man, we've sent that email, and, and 30 minutes later, we're so angry we'd like to kick a cat because we know we should. That's right, cat. All right, because we know we shouldn't, have, we shouldn't have sent it. By the way, those who like cats. Anyway, we know we shouldn't have, I mean, we know we shouldn't have sent it, and you can't get that email back. You can't hit resend. 
and, and get, the, get it back. You just can't do it. It's out there. Just like our words, they're out there. There's a connection between our words that come out of our mouths and how they land on a soul that impacts their life. There's just something there. Man, something there. You know, when I ask you the question, what are some of those words that you remember, somebody that believed in you? Did you know that when I asked that same question, there's some people in here that they immediately thought of your face? Hey, that person said that to me. Your words have that much power. That Pope. We're going to be looking uh, at a passage today, one verse uh, out of the book of Ephesians. That's in the New Testament. So if you'll take your Bibles, if you have your Bibles, and turn them almost to the, like, three-fourths of the way through, you'll see it, Ephesians. And it's a letter written by a dude by the name of Paul to a group at Ephesians. That's the name of the town, Ephesus. And we're going to be looking at um, talking. Ephesians 4.29 says this. We're going to read it, and then we're going to kind of take it apart. It says this. Do not let any, what is that next word? Unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for, what's that next word? Building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. All right, so let's break that down. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. I've heard this, a lot of people say, well, you know what, that means you shouldn't cuss. And uh, here's the thing. Um, you can apply that that way if you want to, but this verse has very little to do with dropping four-letter words. Okay? There's something bigger at stake here that we're going to need to uncover and look at. But if you have a problem with that, you might want to think through that. Right? You might want to think through your choice of words. That word unwholesome literally means this. Decay, putrid, diseased, spoiled, rotten or to demolish. God recognizes that our words, our unwholesome words, our putrid, decayed, demolishing words have the potential to ruin people's lives. Don't let these rotten words fall on somebody else's ears. Let's keep it going. If I could say this, if I could reword this, this unwholesome, that word literally, all those words I just put in there, I want to read this again. I want you to look at how unwholesome looks like in this verse. Let me read it again. Do not, and here's the word unwholesome, demolish utters others and whittle them with your mouth. But, and here's the word for building up, renovate and add on to them by building them up with your words. Paul says we have a decision every time we open up our mouths to whittle somebody, to whittle them down or to build them up. Any of you guys ever whittled? Any of you? Uh, I remember my granddad, he'd sit out on the porch with a knife and he'd just whittle a stick, all right? Pretty fun. I'm trying now, trying not to cut off five of my digits. Um, but when you whittle, you just take something and you just, you just, in fact, here's the definition for whittle. To reduce, to remove, or destroy gradually by cutting off bits with a knife. Look at there. To reduce, remove, or destroy by gradually cutting off bits with a knife. That is what your words do to people. That's what gossip does to people. In fact, we could define gossip this way. Gossip means to reduce somebody's character, to remove somebody's integrity, or to destroy their reputation gradually by cutting off bits of their soul with your words. 
Your words are sharp. My words are sharp. And they have a tendency to just whittle somebody down, to gradually, systematically. You know, this verse doesn't really talk a lot about cuss words. It's talking more about gossip. In fact, if you said, thou shalt not say this, you don't see that too many of those. It says, don't take the Lord your name God in vain. It does say that. But nowhere in the Bible does it give a list of cuss words you shouldn't say. But let me tell you what the Bible says over and over and over and over again. Don't gossip. Don't slander. Don't talk about somebody behind their back. Don't, don't demolish them with your words. Gossip whittles away at people's souls until they're just little bitty flakes of the person they used to be. Now listen to me. What you're saying about them may be true. What you're gossiping about, it may have happened. But hear me. This verse doesn't say if it's true, then share it. It says, no, you say what you need to say, and if it doesn't build them up, then you don't say it. Hear me. It may be true. And see, we as Christians, and, and maybe if you, don't grow, if you didn't grow up in church, or maybe you're coming back to church, maybe you got burned by church because everybody was just talking in those painful glances. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Christians, well, we, we won't cuss a lot, but boy, we'll, we'll just run somebody down with our words. You wouldn't believe who I saw at the Minute Mark, Jill, and she was with Bill, and boy, you wouldn't believe they, they need to leave room for Jesus or go get a room or something because it was just, you know, we're not saying four-letter words, but boy, we're whittling down their reputation. Or can you get over what the pastor did the other day? He cut me off. He cut me off on the interstate. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know what I'm saying? We're not using four-letter words, but our words are tearing people, and they may be true. Yes, I cut people off. I am an angry man when I get behind the wheel. I feel like I'm in an AA group. All right, I'm moving on. Wait a minute, where's that thing again? Dead gummit. All right, anyway, just getting myself in trouble. All right, you can gossip and never cuss. And still, you're tearing them down. And it might be true. And Paul is saying, stop it. Stop it. Don't. It may be true, but if your words are not building them up, then shut your mouth. In fact, look at this next, one of my favorite verses about gossip. And there's tons of them in the Bible. Look at Proverbs. Proverbs says this, gossip separates the best of friends. How many of y'all have best friends? All right. How many of y'all lost them because maybe somebody else gossiped? Maybe you did? Anybody? I have. I've seen people that just systematically burn down a relationship with their words, destroy a friendship by yang yang. Because you say something, and then they go and they tell everybody else. That's gossip. That is gossip. Uh, your words, your gossiping words are like termites to somebody's soul. You know what a termite is, don't you? When my wife and I, we bought our uh, a house this past January, and uh, it, it was in repossession. It, it, uh, it had been you know, lying as a repo for a couple of years. And we bought it, and uh, it was as is where it is. You know what I'm talking about? That means if something's messed up, guess what? Tough! You know, it's your baby now. That's what it means. So we got this uh, house, and uh, we started pulling off wallpaper circa 1980 wallpaper all right so we're pulling off the wallpaper and i'm seeing these little holes in my sheetrock i'm going huh that's a little unique i don't think that's what and i keep it on peeling and stuff's starting to crumble and i'm starting to sweat 
right? And I had termites. What does a termite do? It, it, it goes to the foundation of a structure. It goes to the skeleton of a structure, and it eats it from the inside out. And you can't see the damage that's being done until it's too late. That's what gossiping words do to a friendship. It, 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 it eats at that foundation of that friendship. It eats at the skeleton that keeps everything together with that friendship, and the, and the friendship falls like a house of cards. And you, want, you think, man, that's what my words did. That's what it says. That's what it says. All right? Let's keep on going. Ephesians 4.29. Now, we've looked at don't do. That's what we looked at last week a lot with James. Your tongue is like a fire. Your tongue is like the rudder of a ship. It's small. It gives direction. Your tongue is like the bit of a horse. And it was like, warning, warning. This is a loaded weapon. Warning. Your mouth is messed up. Your mouth is set on fire by hell itself. We've looked at the warning now. Now, let's look at what we need to be doing. Don't Tear, whittle, demolish people with your words, but, I like that word, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. Now, that means you got to, that implies that you got to know what they need. you got to hang out with them, all right? That they may benefit those who listen. There's a way that our words can make a powerful impact in somebody else's life. Not just for the bad, but he's saying for the better, for the good. The word for building up literally means to renovate. Anybody say the word renovate? How many of y'all ever done renovation? All right. How many of y'all did renovation and your marriage lasted? Tag gum. Hang on, oh my. Um, <clears throat> I mean, to renovate something, you add a sunroom to something, you're renovating it. You're tearing down walls in a kitchen and making it bigger. You're adding value to. You're appreciating the home. You're making it bigger. You're making it better. That's what it means to renovate. You're adding value to it. You're expanding it. In fact, that really, this is our big idea for today. Let's all say this together. This is what your words do. All words either add value or take away value. Okay, thank you, three of you. Now let's all say it. All right, ready? All words either add value or take away value. That's our big idea for today. Every word you speak is either going to appreciate somebody or depreciate somebody. You all know what appreciation and depre- uh, depreciation, thank you, ah, depreciation is, you know what it is? When you appreciate, okay, you buy something it appreciates. Usually when you get land or a house, a lot of times it appreciates. It appreciates, maybe some antiques will appreciate. But most of the stuff that we purchase does what? Depreciates, all right? You, anybody ever bought a brand new car? Come on, Cletus. You bought a brand new car, you drove it off the lot, and what happened to the price? <whistles> Boom. It dropped 40%. Merry Christmas. All right? I mean, that's what you get. It depreciates. All right? How many of y'all do the stock market? Y'all know a lot about depreciation this week, don't you? Go ahead. Some of y'all got 401ks in the stock market. You know what that means? You're going to be working 10 more years, all right, because everything went, all right, that's depreciation, all right? You see, our words is either going to add value or take away value. That's what this verse says. You have a choice. I have a choice. When I talk about you or talk about you, am I going to build you up or am I going to tear you down? When you talk about me, are you going to build me up or are you going to tear me down? 
Man, that is so very important. Our words can be like termites to somebody's soul, or our words can be like the spackling to keep everything together. But you have a choice. You have a choice. In fact, I want to ask two questions. Two questions today is this. First question. Who has God placed in your life? Your circle of influence around you. Who has God placed in your life? And then the second question is, what do they need to hear you say? What is it that they need to hear you say? Let's push that down a little bit. All right? Husbands, what does your wife need to hear you say? What does your wife need to hear you say? I've been married for 15 years, and the longer I'm married, the more I realize I don't know anything about ladies. But <laughs> I'm with you on that one. Got it. All right. But one of the things I do realize is they want to know that they're still worth pursuing. They want to know that they're beautiful to you. They want to know that, I mean, the sun, moon, and the stars rises and sets in their eyes. They long to know that. Come on, I can put it on. I'm like... I'm like Barry White this morning. I'm the love doctor. And my wife ain't even here to hear it. So she's working tireless. You know, I'll have to tell her to get the tape, all right? Anyway, okay, let's move on. All right. um, ladies, what does your husband need to hear you say? I mean, he gets beat up all the time at work or uh, in his unit. What does he need to hear you say? I believe in you. I trust you. I love following your leadership. I feel so secure when I'm with you in your arms. I need you. What does that make you want to do, guys? Makes me want to become Superman. Come on now. Come on. All right? Or, you know, let's say you got kids. What does your, what does your children need to hear you say? What do they need to hear you say? Son, daughter, let me tell you, you're so much farther along than I was when I was your age, and I want to let you know I believe in you. You have the power. You're going to make a difference in this life. God has some amazing plans for your life. I believe in you. I love you, and I always will. Wow. Maybe uh, on the job, what does your boss need to hear you say? My boss? Please. All right? Seriously, he's got feelings too. She's got feelings too. What, is, what, what do they need to hear you say? You know what? I want to let you know I, I believe in your leadership. And, I, you know, I know the economy's rough and a lot of people ain't got, got jobs, but I'm glad I'm serving with you. Or maybe you're the leader on your job. You know what you say? I want to let you know you're worth every penny that we pay you and more. I believe in you. And you, you bring such tremendous benefit to this company. You may bring a tremendous strength to this unit, and I believe in you. Whatever, whoever God has placed in your sphere of influence, whoever they are, find out what they need to hear, and you say it. Now, again, I know some of you, you're here today, and you say, you know what, I'm just not like that, Chris. That's good. You're kind of, you know, extroverted or perverted or whatever. You're extroverted, all right? But I'm introverted, and I just, I, I didn't grow up with that. And, and nobody told me that stuff when I was a kid. And I just can't do it. I just, I'm, it's, I'm not comfortable with it. I understand that. But let me tell you, your choice to choose comfort over the choice to invest in somebody else's life with your words is a very tragic mistake you're making. Because the people around you are never, ever going to get to the place that they need to be because you're, you don't want to get out of your comfort zone. 
get over it. I'm telling you, your words are going to build people up and make them post-turtles. Y'all know what post-turtles are? This is kind of maybe a Tennessee, Texas thing, but... You know, if you're going down these dirt roads, the gravel roads, and, you, and there's like a barbed wire fence on either side, you ever seen like a turtle on top of a fence post? You know, he's just going like this. He ain't going nowhere, but he's going. You know what I mean? Um, the kids do that a lot. They take the turtle, they take the turtle, and they put it on top of the fence post. All right? Um, you know, this is something very obvious, but that turtle didn't get up there by himself. You know what I mean? Somebody placed that turtle up there. And let me tell you, your words have the power to lift people up to places they can never, ever get to by themselves. Ever get to by themselves and lift them up. That's what your words have the power to do by building one another up. As we close, I want to just close this very briefly, just saying this. What if you've, what if you've said some hurtful words? You know, last week we looked at James and it was warning, 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 but he didn't really give us any help. We just found out we're messed up. What if you've said some hurtful words, or maybe you're, what are, you're the ones that's been hurt by hurtful words. Somebody else has said. What do you do? Well, the first one, when you are hurt, when you're the one that's hurt, what do you do? First Peter chapter 3, verse 9 says this. Do not repay what? Evil for evil. Do not retaliate with what? Insults. What do you, what do, you do when you insult? You're using your mouth. Do not retaliate with insults when people insult you. You did what to me? Well, blankety blank blank. No, sir. That's not, the Bible says don't do that. So what are you supposed to do? Look at this. Instead. So instead of doing that, do this instead. Pay them back with a blessing. That is what God wants you to do, and he will bless you for it. So when somebody does something wrong to you, you bless them out. Not that type of blessing, though. I'll bless you out. You know, that's not what we're talking about. What you say, you know what, you, know, you pay them back with good. You bless them. And hear me, if you do that, God's going to heal you because he says he's going to bless you for it. So don't retaliate back with your words. So if you're the ones that hurt, you bless, you don't curse. Second one, let's look at this one. Maybe you're the one that said something bad. You're the one that's, that's lashed out with your words. What do you do? What do you do? Let me tell you what you don't do. You don't go up to somebody and, hey, you know that thing I said? Hey, I'm sorry. I don't fly. You need to say what you said you said. All right? It's like this. Hopefully none of you have ever said this, but let's say you said, you know, you told somebody, you will never amount to anything. Ever. Never. You don't just say, hey, you know that thing I said? I'm sorry. I'm sorry I said it to you. You don't do that. Hey, Robert, do you know when I said that you would never amount to anything? Let me tell you, I was wrong. I was totally wrong and off base. And I'm telling you, you have done some amazing things. You see, that's what you do. You say what you said because what you're going to say after that is going to trump it. Y'all know what trumping is, don't you? If you played spades with me, you'd know what trumping is. All right? Come on now. Uh, you, trump, you, 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 you speak over the words. You say the words that you said, and then you speak over them. All right? That's what you do. Whatever, whatever you said, whatever, maybe you called somebody an idiot. Hey, you, know, I, you know I called you an idiot that time, and it was very painful. Let me tell you, I was wrong. I messed up, and you're not an idiot. I'm an idiot for saying that. That's what you do, because words cancel words. Words cancel words. You cancel words with words. 
And that's what some of you need to do. Before you come back next Sunday, you need to find somebody that you have harmed with your words, and you need to go and you need to tell them what you said and then say, I was wrong. And then you know what you say after that? Nothing. Because the more you speak, <laughs> the more our mouths get ourselves in trouble. Right? Guys, come on. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Some of us slept on couches. All right? Cool. All right. First, uh, tell your dogs, don't tell your cat. Because um, they're going... Just... All right. Self-discipline. There it is, right there.